Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. that you feel like you're kind of stuck on wherever you are, and this happens at every level, the easiest thing to get out of your head is to start taking that next step, whatever is easiest. So if you're starting out, right, talking to one person, um, not even worrying about what do I sell, how do I stand out, talking to one person. Um, if you're scared about launching a new program, talking to one potential client, maybe putting out a, a tentative offer, like whatever that next step is, that is going to lead to so much clarity. And sometimes, yes, it might get a little bit messy, but it's going to probably move you forward way faster than overthinking it for months or years or who knows how long and still having it be imperfect because you came up with it in a vacuum. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. If you haven't yet listened to my recent conversations with Anna Adams of Wicked Marvelous and with Brian Jones of The A Platinum, then do go check them out. But only after you've listened to today's really exciting conversation because I'm really excited to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest today, Louisa Joe, who's the creator of the Employee to Entrepreneur System which teaches people how to leave their day job and start their own six-figure-plus business working for themselves. Louisa has helped thousands of students, including health and business coaches, designers, copywriters, and consultants to launch their own businesses that generate anywhere from 30000 to 100000 in less than a year. Her advice has been featured in numerous online and print publications, including Forbes, Inc., entrepreneur, success magazine, and more. In our discussion today, Louisa talked to me about being more visible to your customers and dream audience by focusing on their needs and less on your fears. We talked about keeping things simple by focusing on small wins and the very next steps. Then just repeat that. Really simple. And we talked about relationships as the core of business. Without further ado, then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Louisa Joe. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited today to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast all the way from New York, around the other side of the world from me. Louisa Zhao, who's an entrepreneur and she's the creator of Employee to Entrepreneur System, which teaches people how to leave their day job and start their own six-figure-plus business working for themselves. 
Welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, Louisa. It's a real privilege to have you as my guest. Thank you so much for having me here. Natasha Vorompiova, who was our guest on episode 311 of the Innova Buzz podcast, introduced us and suggested that we have a conversation. So a big hello to Natasha. <laughs> yes, thank you. Now, Louisa, you've got an interesting story of um, going through jobs in the corporate world and and realizing that you're unfulfilled and then you look to do something on your own. And, and what's fascinating about that is how you went about it. But before we get on to that and, and how you then teach people what you learned from your experience, what is it that drives you today? You know, creating the change that I want to see in the world. I think that's always been the driver. It's taken many various forms over the years, but it's always been like, look, if this is missing, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to create it. I'm going to do what it needs and I'm going to do my part to make the world hopefully just a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and is that, that gives you the buzz and the sense of achievement. Exactly. It gives me everything. I mean, it's a good challenge, right? It's good, fun work. And of course, absolutely. It's so fulfilling. So when you were in your corporate roles, did, was that missing? It was. I mean, I definitely tried to search for it. When I started out um, working as an engineer for the space station, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, space is the final frontier. It's going to be so cool. And I mean, it was amazing in many ways, just wasn't exactly the the job in life I had envisioned. And um, some other things that I went on to do, it was just absolutely, you know, trying to figure out, okay, where's my place in all of this? Hmm. And and what do you think? Because I had you know a very similar experience very early on in my career as a keen photographer. My first job I landed was in photographic research, and and I thought, wow, you know, this is a dream come true and exciting stuff. It's my hobby, it's my passion, and and also I can make a difference now because we're developing these exciting new products. And at some point, I realised that I was just a little cog in a machine, and and that the machine would go in its own direction, whether I was there or not, and it was going to be really hard to change the direction of the machine. So is that how you felt? Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, I, I don't want to say right at the beginning, but pretty early mm. on, you know, you realize, I mean, especially working at big uh, companies that uh, are involved in massive projects like the space station, right? I and mean, as it should be, you need lots of redundancies and safety measures. But it's just like, oh, okay, well, I could be here or I could not be here. And, you know, I'm going to try and do my best, but I don't know that it would make that big of a difference if I wasn't here. Mm. So what, what did you do when you came to that realization that this isn't fulfilling me? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up with any entrepreneurs um, or knowing any, so I didn't even know that was an option. So I thought, okay, you know what, let me try some other jobs. And uh, let me see what could be fun um, and what could also just, you know, basically have that kind of fulfillment factor. And so I first went into financial services. Uh, I worked with a co-founder on a mobile payment startup. This was a while back when mobile payments, everyone was like, oh, my God, it's going to be the next thing. I was thinking, oh, my gosh, yeah, you know, if we bring this all over the world, it's going to just make things so much easier for people, give access to other countries um, all over the world, just easier access to each other. Um, and, you know, it was a really big dream. It, it was awesome. But of course, like, it, it was so big. Um, we tried and we did not make it, learned a lot from that. 
And so after that, I thought, okay, you know what? Let me take a break for a little bit. I don't need a dream so big right now. Let me just do something that feels like it's a good company, making a decent difference, and it's going to be fun for me. So that's when I joined a, um, a digital advertising startup which uh, was at a time saying, you know, we're creating really cool stuff based on a really um, artificial intelligent algorithm. And I thought, okay, cool. It, it appeals to my engineering background. And so mm -hmm. I went into that for a while and I was lucky I got to join the company when it was in its startup phase before it IPO'd. And ultimately it actually IPO'd, um, it was a unicorn, you know, at a billion dollar valuation. And so I got to experience a lot of the things about a business growing and I, I found it so exciting and fun. I thought, oh, okay, I guess this is something that people can do. And I did that for a while, but as it became a bigger company, it really was that uh, the same thing happened again, right? And I started realizing, okay, uh, I'm doing great. I'm really grateful for my career, but I'm seeing where our senior vice president, where, I mean, even our CEO at the time was, and they were kind of doing the same stuff. They're like putting together um, presentations for our clients, going to you know client meetings, just maybe with uh, people with uh, more position, a higher position in the company, but it was ultimately kind of the same. And I was thinking, I don't know that this is making that big of a difference again. And I don't know that I want to be doing this right in 10, 20, 30 years down the road. And so that's when I started exploring the world of online business and I would say this was this started maybe about seven, eight years ago when, I mean, the online business space was completely different from what it was today. There were not nearly as much uh, information or small online businesses. Um, and so it took me a few years to really even think that it was possible. And after that, I tested a few things. I just tried to do what I could that I thought I could help people with. So I did Microsoft Excel coaching. I did career coaching. And ultimately, uh, I did those for a while and I realized, well, it's, yes, I got some clients, but it's not that fun for me to talk about. What's something that I would enjoy, even just, you know, enough to get started long term. And I realized that what I had, the skills I had in my job, um, this was like when Facebook ads were starting to kind of take off a little bit with small businesses. And a lot of people wanted help with that. And I went into some Facebook groups. People were asking about that. And I said, you know what? I do this in my job. I can help you with this. I'm happy to answer your questions. All I ask is that you give me some of your time so I can ask you some market research questions. And yeah. one woman in particular, she started asking me questions for about two weeks back and forth. And I just gave her really long responses. And one day out of the blue, she said, hey, you've given me so much for free. Can I hire you? And I said, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, give me a week to figure out even what to charge would be fair to both of us. And then let's talk about it. And we did. Uh, it worked out, thankfully, she hired me. And that's when I realized, oh, cool, people really want this. I can help with this. I enjoy talking about it. Let me go all in on this. And that's how things started. Hmm. All right. And and the interesting thing to me also is that, I mean, apart from the fact that you test the, the waters, you gave away a lot of information for free to the point where you realized there was actually a need for this and a gap for this and and somebody actually offered to pay you which is nice and and so you realize that there's there's not just a need for this and people want this but they're willing to pay for it they value it so highly and then you continue to build that business on the side right you didn't sort of burn your bridges no, I mean, it was so tempting. I have to tell you, I, there were so many times when I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to remember this sexy entrepreneur story. Maybe I can do it. But 
um, I always had to bring myself down to earth. And sometimes it helps to talk to my parents who did not believe that you could build an online business. And that was discouraging, but also helpful because my mom would say, you know what, why don't you just stay at your job a little bit longer? And it always brought me back down to earth because I was very lucky. I had joined the company at a great time. So I had grown with it. I had a great salary, great career. And I knew if I left that company and I tried to uh, go back to a job at some point down the road, it might be harder for me to kind of match that position and salary. And so I thought, you know what, I have to be responsible. I'm not going to be a burden on my parents and have to go in and move back with them or anything like that. I'm just going to do it on the side and uh, we'll see how to how it goes from there. Hmm. So did you did after that first client, did you kind of be really strategic about growing the business? I mean, it sounds like you're very strategic about <laughs> I'll keep I'll keep my job until this. Yeah, this can for replace sure. it. But were you how what did you do specifically in order to grow from that one client to a sustainable standalone business? Yeah, so you'll laugh. But what I did after that, the next step was um, really simple. It was like, this is working. Let me keep on doing it. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, at the time, like people were so curious about this. They, um, they were really active in Facebook groups. I said, look, let me continue to find some more Facebook groups. I'll continue to share what I know, talk to people. And um, what I did learn, uh, and it really made a difference was to condense the free information I'd given to someone over two weeks. And I realized looking back, I got really lucky. That person could have just said, hey, thanks, bye, and never asked to hire me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I said, you know what? I'm still going to share lots of free content. But what I'll do is I'll do free like 30 to 60-minute coaching sessions where I maybe look over your ads, I give you feedback, and then that way you know what I'm talking – you know I know what I'm talking about. If you want to hire me, we can talk about it. So I kept on doing that, and that led to actually my next, uh, I think maybe about three to five clients doing that exact same thing. I mean, I did maybe like – 50 or more of those free calls so it was a lot of work but hey it, it you know it, it did what it needed to do hmm. and how, how many of those 50 or so calls would have translated into long-term business relationships uh i think maybe like one out of ten um about on average like ten percent hmm. okay i mean that's reasonably good for kind of a start fresh business right yeah, I mean, looking back, I didn't know how good that was looking at yeah. the time, but it absolutely was. And how did you know when to transition from giving away some information for free to then drawing the line and saying, okay, I've given you all this for free from, you know, yeah. if you want more, here's, here's what I offer and here's the investment you make. I will tell you, I struggled with that for so long. And what ultimately helped me in the beginning was to say, look, I'm not going to be worried about that because I don't know. I'll get in my head. I don't know how to draw the line between <laughs> that right now. Um, and so what actually helped was for me to say, okay, we'll just do a time constraint. We hit 30 minutes or 60 minutes or whatever time we talk about. And after that, it'll be okay, we're good. And so it kind of helped me kind of cop out a little bit from having to figure out that boundary and just say, okay, time's up if you liked it. Um, we can talk about working together. And, you know, the really important thing to note is that I was very upfront with people about that. It wasn't a switch or bait or anything. It was, hmm. hey, guys, I'm going to offer you something for free. You're going to get amazing stuff out of it. And then at the end, if you want more, we'll talk about how you can hire me. And if you don't, then we'll go our separate ways and it'll be great either way. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a really great way to do it, to be really clear up front and then, um, and also, I like that you're committed to 
giving people some results, actually giving people something that will make a change. It comes back to what you were saying right at the beginning, what drives you is making a change and, and making a difference in the world. So whether or not they decide to hire you, uh, you can draw the line knowing full well that you've given them something that will take them on the next step of their journey that they're on. Exactly. And, you know, you never know how it's going to come back and just um, give you great karma, right? I would do that. And some, a lot of those people never ended up buying from me, but um, maybe mm. down the road, they joined my email list or they recommended people to me or they just went off yeah. and did great stuff with what I helped them with. And all of those were amazing uh, and, and goals as well. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's um, I think that's a really great way to do it. I think the secret you talked about switch and bait before, which I, I, when I sense that, when it even smells like that, it's mm-hmm. it's really bad. And I, I kind of wonder how successful they really are. Um, I mean, they probably suck people in, perhaps better than than the trans. I'm sure, but but. <laughs> But in terms of building long-term relationships with clients, I just don't believe that that can be successful. I agree. Like, it doesn't feel good to anyone, right? And and people are smart. That's I don't know who is thinking, like, who, you know, is, is going to be like, oh, yes, let me, like, not understand what's going on. Sooner, much, most of the time, very soon, they're going to realize it. And if you're in it, to in this to really build a brand, a business for any long amount of time, word gets around because the world is actually kind of a small place. Hmm. All right, so... T- Talk to us a little bit more about how you um, started or how you identified that area. I mean, you kind of mentioned that you found a gap there and people started asking questions in in some of the groups you're on. But how did you kind of determine that that was the thing that would lead to success and it was a really good match for you and it would give you fulfillment as well as um, the ability to create a sustainable business? Yeah. So to be honest, it was a lucky accident Um, because at the time I had tried, you know, Microsoft Excel coaching and career coaching. Those were skills I had. And I, when I was coaching some of my clients on that, on those two areas, I got to a point very quickly where I thought, I don't want to be talking about this and building a business Mm. around it. For Microsoft Excel, it was, I do this all day, right? So I'm good at it. And I thought, oh, I'm so good at this stuff. I can teach it so easily. But it got to a point where I just I was like, I do this at my work. I don't want to do it outside of work. Um, And I was finding myself dragging my feet to write even a blog post. And I thought, okay, I can't do it. Um, And then with career coaching, I would uh, be able to help people, right? Talk about, okay, how are we going to get you a promotion, a raise? If you want to find a new job and switch industries, all stuff that I'd gone through. But it got to a point where very quickly where I thought, you know what? I bet someday you're going to get to where I am now and uh, want to do the same thing and maybe go do something else. And so it didn't feel good to me to keep on talking about that, knowing that end goal in mind. Um, and so I actually, I got to a point where I thought, maybe I don't have anything else in me to build another business. Like maybe I just need to uh, continue uh, working my job and just figure out how to make the best of it. And so it was very much, by, I was talking to a copywriter who I was thinking of hiring to set up a website um, just for myself. And she said, and I asked, how do you find clients? And she, she said, oh, I have, I'm in Facebook groups. And I thought, oh, didn't even know that was a thing. What's your favorite group? So I went in and like I said, that's when I found that woman asking those questions. And 
that's when I realized, you know what? I enjoy this enough to talk about it for sure. And I absolutely can help you with this. And I just, you know, it's like, I got that idea and I said, I'm not going to waste this opportunity. I'm going to run with it and see how far I can go with it. Hmm. Yeah, it's wonderful. So finding Facebook groups, finding people that had a particular interest and, and then seeing what needs they had, what questions they're asking. Do you think, um, yeah, well, what's your view on Facebook groups today? Because I'm, I've kind of had a almost a year through COVID of a Facebook strict Facebook diet. So, <laughs> you know, so bad, so bad that I'm not even up to date with my, my, what my cycle ride group is doing every morning because they usually post on Facebook. But it, I, I've just found it so noisy and so much distraction. Yeah. That, um, I've sort of almost avoided going in there and, and missing the groups is, do you see anything changing because of, of that dynamic in terms of the, just in terms of the ability to go into groups and, and to yeah. um, use them in that way to actually connect with people, to help people and to yeah. possibly build some relationships that might lead to business? For sure. So absolutely. So yes and no. So over the years, Facebook groups, like you said, they've definitely gotten a lot more noisy. Unfortunately, right, people abuse them. And uh, so most groups nowadays, people are really skeptical of any promotion. A lot of groups have rules that say no promotion. That being said, I still believe that if for a new entrepreneur, when you have no audience, you're just starting out online and you're truly coming from this place of I'm willing to give first and build relationships, um, then there's still a really great place to get started. It's just the tactics are slightly different. So nowadays, if I were starting and I wanted to use Facebook groups, I would still identify a few with my ideal clients. But what I would do is I would be very focused to go in there and not be promoting myself. I mean, I never did this in the beginning anyways, but you know, it's not like a Facebook group is for anyone to go in and say, Hey guys, this is what I do. Come and buy from me. Hmm. That, that really never worked. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> um, that's, it's okay. You know? Um, and if, but if I, the group, if it's a good group and the group moderator is doing their job, they'll kick you out. Exactly. <laughs> as I'm frankly, as they should, because who wants to be in a group where people are just pitching each other all the yeah. time, you know? I would really be careful and respectful of that group's rules and introduce myself and start connecting with people and adding value, but always in a way that's respectful of that, uh, that moderator. So, for example, I wouldn't go into groups back when I was starting out of, um, other people who were ads consultants. Um, you know, it's just like, how would that really work out beautifully? But I would go into groups of, for example, um, you know, copywriters or business coaches or things like that, where they weren't teaching this stuff, their audience needed my help, but I wasn't stepping on their toes. And so I would just answer quite like now back to what I would do nowadays, I would answer questions, I would introduce myself, I would just show up and give. Um, and then what I would do is I would be very careful to build a relationship, a really good one with the group moderator and see how I can contribute, how I can add to them. And basically, you know, at some point ask, hey, can I do a joint training with you on my area of expertise in your group? And that I've found, at least for now, is something that really works beautifully because it's a win-win. It's a win for you. Mm. It's a win for the moderator because they get to bring value to their group in a way that doesn't compete with what they teach and do, but also that their audience needs help with. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's uh, and and that's providing a lot of value both to the members of the group and to the moderator themselves and and teaching it. And then it's and then it's also 
coming back to the earlier question of where do you draw the line between what you give away and when people have to pay you for your time or your your knowledge um, it's it's pretty yeah. clear isn't it it's okay there's a one hour webinar or a one hour facebook live and at the end of that we'll do some q and a but if you want any more after that that's a separate thing exactly hmm. love it all right so um now one of the things that you talk about is your introvert superpowers so tell us a little bit more about those yeah so i have to say for a really long time i thought that maybe i couldn't succeed as an entrepreneur because i'm not in your face i don't have like any crazy characteristics um you know and i I'm, I, I'm very much the type of person who likes, who likes to sit in front of my computer. And when I first started, I could not do a live stream. I could not do a video recording. Uh, it was just like very much, I was very much the typical stereotypical introvert. But what I found over time was that, you know, it's okay. It actually worked out really well for me because people didn't hire me because they were like, oh my gosh, Lisa, you're so good at promoting yourself. I mean, if you're good at that, great. <laughs> That's a great superpower to have too. But it just wasn't mine. It was more that they said, hey, I spoke to you. I felt that I could trust you. I felt that you obviously knew what you were talking about. And I felt that you actually cared and were listening to me and not just focused on, oh my gosh, how can I sell you? And all of those were true because that's how I was able to connect with people. I, the only way I was able to really be okay with putting myself out there and you know doing connection and showing up was to think about, okay, who am I writing for? Who am I talking to? Let me just focus on building a good relationship with this person, making sure they get something out of it. Um, if I focus on that, then I don't have to worry about how how much I need to improve my sales skills or how much more I need to promote myself. I'll just let it happen naturally and I'll naturally build my skills that way. And so over the years, time and time again, I've heard people say things like, look, the reason I bought from you was because I saw you on a live stream and you just seemed like you were really grounded. You answered everyone's questions. You seemed like you're actually here to just talk about stuff. And uh, versus like just give, you know, trivial service stuff, surface level BS and, um, you know, just try and sell me something right off the bat. And I've heard that time and time again. And over time, it's helped me really get to know my audience, my individual students and clients, as many as possible, and really form those deep relationships that are a huge reason of why people buy. Hmm. Yeah, there's so much, so much gold in that, what you've just said. And it's, I guess the the core for me is caring about the other person's success and and focusing on your audience rather than I need to improve my sales skills or I need to be more outgoing or I need to look better on camera or whatever <laughs> whatever might be going on internally um, for all of us that are introverts and and, and tend to overanalyze what we do and overanalyze our own role in what we do. Nobody else really cares about that part. Exactly. And you know, the thing is like, it's so easy to get in your head. I definitely have that tendency. And so the, because also if I'd focused on how bad I looked on video or um, any of those things, I probably would never have done anything. Right. So I was able to say, look, if I can do something, it doesn't matter how I look or how nervous I look. If someone gets something helpful out of it, I'll just, I'll count that as a win. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a really, um, I mean, that, that is worth listening to this whole episode, just that one comment and that one mindset shift of it doesn't matter 
how I look or how I sound or whether I stumble over my words or whether my hairdo is is bad and I look um, <laughs> lopsided on camera. If I've if I can help somebody, then let's do it. And and even I don't even take a step further than that. If I've got something that will help somebody, mm. um, I I've got a duty to actually get it out there. And hundred percent agree. Those people. Mm. I love that. Yeah. All right. Now, so what is it you do today? I mean, you've talked a lot about Facebook advertising and that is that, is that still the core of your business or you, um, I know you're working a lot more on helping other people launch their business or launch their um, yeah. programs. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I teach a little bit of advertising foundational um, skills in some of my courses, but it's not so much the focus for me these days. Um, what happened was I built that uh, advertising consulting business to six figures and left my job. And after that, people started asking me, right? They started, I started getting a little bit more traction and people were saying, Lisa, how'd you do it? How'd you build a business while in a job? Yeah. And uh, I said, you know what? Okay, great. I'll, I'll teach you. I'll show you what I did and all the stuff I had to learn. Um, and so I, I started helping a few individuals that way. It wasn't a, a big thing. It was just, you want to learn it? Okay. You can hire me for, um, you know, this amount and we'll do it. And I did that and people started just using what I taught them to get great results. And the truth is I found it more interesting to talk about, more fulfilling. And uh, so I said, okay, you know what? Let me double down on this. Let me teach you all the stuff that I had to figure out. That took me basically like three years to figure out um, because back then there wasn't a ton of people and there still aren't to this day, people who have you know built their business on the side first to replace their income and do it in that kind of step-by-step -step way, kind of risk averse, well, really risk averse that I did. And so I said, you know what? Let me just teach you what I did. And uh, it, things just grew from there. Hmm. And uh, did did you start out, like you talked about having a few clients, did you transition that at any point to online programs and group programs to get I more did. leverage? Yeah. So um, what happened was after about, I would say, maybe five clients. Um, well, it started after about three, but I started seeing patterns where, you know, on the first call, every call, we would talk about some of the same stuff. Uh, same questions would come up, second call, same stuff, third call, and so on. And so what happened was I started creating content for my clients. And it wasn't anything fancy. I would just put it in Google Docs so I wouldn't have to say the same thing over and over. That way during my coaching calls, right? Yep, you get it. Like during my coaching calls, I could focus on things that were specific to them and then say, all right, go off and here's this content to review that you don't need me to spend our call talking about. And so I did that and... That was actually, I didn't realize at the time, but I was essentially creating my first group program. Mm. And what I did was I didn't do a big group program. I just said, okay, um, I get to this point where I was booked out with coaching clients. I believe I had, I mean, it was a pretty big number, maybe like 15 to 20. And I was like, mm, I'm, I'm so burnt out. I can't take on any more, but mm. <laughs> this is not a business. It's just a really fun job. Um, and so, uh, yeah, exactly. I, so I thought, okay, I, I guess the next logical step is group programs. And so I basically thought, okay, what's the first step that I can help someone get in my coaching? Um, and that's the smallest group program that I can share. And it turned out, well, I can help you get your first client when whatever you do, I can help you get clear on what it is, what skills you have. I can help you figure out how to package your skill and how to get that first client. And so I launched a small group program called Your First Paying Clients. And that taught me a lot about how to run a group program, how to launch, how to sell it. 
um, and it just helped me get some more amazing testimonials. And uh, with that, after that, a few months after that, I basically uh, expanded on that program to create the first version of my employed entrepreneur program and uh, continue to do that from there, essentially. Hmm. Yeah, I love I love the idea that you kind of broke it down into what's the what's a small win that you can give people and tested it out with that and then and built the the back end systems around that because there's a lot of back end systems that go into these so these group <laughs> programs right <laughs> yes yeah, so much yeah. and did you did you have help setting all that up or did you learn that as you were doing it as well Initially, I did it all myself, right? Um, so, I mean, looking back, I don't know how I did it, honestly. <laughs> I mean, all I did was work and then eat and sleep, pretty much. Um, but I just thought, okay, let me, with this kind of business, let me kind of understand all of the different pieces first. And that way, I, I definitely knew I was going to outsource at some point. But that way, I could outsource down the down the road and know still be able to know whether someone was doing a good job or not instead of just not knowing anything about the specifics of my business so i set it all up it was it was not beautiful or super anything it was just good enough um but i did it all i handled all my customer support and you know it, it was really hard looking back i don't know if i do it all again for that long but at it, it, it was so helpful. It helped me really get to understand my clients, my audience, really build those personal connections as much as possible. And I mean, it worked out for the best for sure. Mm. Yeah. And, and there's another little golden nugget in there in what you've said, and that's the documenting the things that are coming up over and over again in your personal coaching sessions and and all of a sudden you realized hey that's the core of of this little course i can start with so exactly. for those yeah for those people that are doing coaching and i know i've done done this in the past i've gone back to find an email i already answered that question to somebody else recently. <laughs> went back looked through the emails and about the third or fourth time of doing that i thought I've got to put this in a document. It's clearly a lot of people want to know this. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I have to say, this is what, I mean, who would have thought an engineering background would be at all relevant to what I do today, but it's that, you know, engineering training, because every time I do, I see something repeat, I think, okay, there's got to be a system for this. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, I've got a science background and systems is, is definitely front of mind for me all the time. How can I systemize this? How can I, <laughs> How can I build something that um, will make it easier the next time and perhaps even allow me either to automate it or to give it to somebody else to do? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, so the so you don't miss the electrical engineering part? Not so much. It was fun to learn, uh, but yeah. I don't know that I would have loved doing it, honestly, that much for, for too long. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because um, thinking back when I first started my career in Germany, it was unheard of that people changed companies. Like there were people there that were in the company for 40 years until they retired. And I always wondered as, as a young person coming in first, I always wondered how do they actually regenerate ideas or generate new things and of course in the photographic industry in those days i lived through the 
big disruption from digital photography. So very quickly I learned that, oh, they don't. <laughs> or at least not enough, not enough new ideas or new directions to um, to be able to adapt to what's changing outside their own little bubble. Uh, so these days, I think most people they don't do what they study for very long, and and in some ways, I think the education. I mean, if you get an education that actually prepares you for more than just the topic you've studied it's it's hugely valuable uh i agree i mean i agree with so much that you said there so um i grew up seeing my dad work for the same company for his entire life so i actually went into my first job thinking i was going to do the same thing and <laughs> yeah, yeah. what actually happened was i was lucky i had some i worked with some people who had uh come from all different industries and they gave me some advice they said lisa right? This is an older industry. There's always room for new people, of course, but just knowing you and they, they really mentored me, um, just knowing you and just all the cool things that you want to do and try, I would recommend that you step out of this bubble for at least a little bit. And I, I wasn't willing to hear them, frankly, for quite a while initially, but it got to a point where I realized, oh yeah, they, they are, they know what they're talking about. And so thankfully I had that. Uh, otherwise, who knows? I I might we we might not even ever have met, and I might still be an electrical engineer somewhere. <laughs> yeah, heading off to Mars maybe in the space <laughs> in the space. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sliding doors moments. For sure. All right. Uh, so another thing, another philosophy you have is keep it simple, and and you've outlined a couple of uh, strategies you had, and and I think it comes through there that. You know, you are very focused on how can I simplify this, and what's the the smallest thing that will add value, and what's the first step I can take. So, talk to us a little bit more about how how we can, because I I mean that's one of my dangers. I kind of overthink things and I make things very complicated, and and that leads to procrastination. So, how can we simplify things so that we take action and we focus all of our energy on on that one particular action that's going to move the needle the most? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I, looking again at the time, I didn't realize that this was such a skill and uh, something that I, I had to be really thankful for. I think I just, I always thought, you know, I'm kind of like a single minded person. My parents always told me that growing up and it worked to my advantage in this case. Um, but essentially what I did in the beginning was I thought, okay, what is the one thing that I can do? Um, that is going to make the biggest difference. How, because I just, I don't have that much energy or time to be trying to do everything at once. And I've always been the type of person to go deeper versus broader. And again, uh, sometimes that's a big weakness in this particular case, it turned out to be a strength. And so for me, it was, I had one program that I created the employed entrepreneur program. And what I've noticed over the years is that at that point, a lot of people might say, okay, I'm ready to create my next one or do something else. For me, I just thought, okay, this is just the beginning point. And I instead focused on how can I double down on this? How can I get more people to hear about it? How can I get better at communicating the value of the program? And a very big piece was how can I make the program the best that it can be? And so for actually the first three years of my business, I did not release any other programs. I sold it in various forms to play with it. Okay, is it a course? Is it a self-study course? Is it a course with support? Is it a coaching program? Is it a live group program? 
I played with it. And I actually continually, as I got better at understanding how to teach people and not only just like the tactical information, but also how to put in that mental piece to really encourage people and help people get the best results, I constantly iterated and improved the program. And what happened was over three years, I made about six to seven massive updates and completely redid the program each time to just make it as good as I thought it could be. And of course, throughout all of that, I was very active in uh, selling it and delivering it so that I was actually speaking to almost every single student in some way, shape or form um, through my different programs. And over the years, I mean, that was in the first three years, well over a thousand. And so, it, I mean, it was, so, again, looking back, I, I sometimes think, how did I do it? Um, but it, it was the best thing I could have done because I got to really understand deeply how to speak to my people, how to create the best product for them. And it just built up an amazing set of testimonials for my program and built it a really great reputation as well. And the other thing it did that I didn't realize at the time that was really important is that I've since realized that a lot of course creators, when they're starting out, they struggle with confidence in selling their course. They think, hey, do I need to be more present? Do I need to sell it as a group program? Can it really be standalone? And I actually, without realizing it, worked through that for three years because I was so focused on, okay, how can I build my own confidence in this without directly realizing that was what was going on? And so over those three years, that's really all I focused on in some way, shape or form. And that really laid a powerful foundation for me um, for, with like a, with my reputation, my products, my audience uh, to set the, the framework for scaling continually and building other products down the road. Hmm. Yeah. And there's, there's so much to love about that. I mean, I did, I'm a big fan of focusing every time I focus more narrow and I, I'm very conscious of it. I, I experience a growth spurt, which is kind of counterintuitive at, at sort of first, first level. But um, if you think about it, it's not, uh, but what I really love there also is that, you know, your, your focus has been very much on building deeper relationships with, your existing clients and and then as you learn more about where they might need help where the the program might be improved and also where else they might need help with that that fits in with your passions and your expertise then you bring that on board rather than kind of going out and chasing new customers or doing a new program simply because you're bored with them the one you've exactly i mean there's a time and place for all of that for sure mm, but i yeah. in, in the beginning especially i instead of thinking about how can i keep myself interested with new customers i thought how can i make this challenging and fun for me too to get better at being a teacher right um to learn mm. how to do it in that way and so that kept it fresh and exciting for me as well yeah and and so you were growing along with the the program exactly. mm. Yeah. Was that like, were you consciously aware of that or did that just happen? And at some point on reflection, you thought, oh, my confidence yeah, is growing as well. Exactly. No, I mean, I, I have to say a lot of the stuff that I realize and am sharing <laughs> definitely happened by accident. That was absolutely <laughs> one of those that happened by accident. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's, um, it's, it's certainly a phenomenon if you do something over and over you become good at it and that grows your confidence and when you look back the first time i mean i think of this podcast and when i look back at some of the first episodes and 
I listen in on those and I cringe at how bad they are. <laughs> and yet um, I got started and over time I got better and I'm still getting better. Uh, I'm still looking to improve as well. So it's it's just getting out and doing it. It and, really and going, is. Hmm, going back to... Going back to what you said earlier with the focus on the audience that you're speaking to. So how can you help them? It's so true. And I mean, I have a similar story. I he, I, I don't have my oldest live streams up because they were on Periscope and uh, a lot of the systems for that are no longer around. But some of my older live streams, people will go back and find them and they will message me and say, oh my gosh, Louisa, it's crazy <laughs> to see the difference. <laughs> In your own confidence as you're talking it's like a completely different person and i'll say yeah i mean that's how so many of us start mm, that's right and and if you don't get through that then um it's yeah that's where most people stumble right they say oh i can't do video well there's one way to, <laughs> to do video uh, there's one way to be better at doing video and that's to just keep doing it exactly <laughs> mm. All right. Well, this has been fabulous, Louisa. I, I could go on talking ages about some of the things that we've explored a little bit, but I'm aware of the time and I think it's a good point to move on now to the buzz round, which is our innovation round and five questions designed to help our listener with some tips from your experience. And hopefully you'll give us some insightful answers that'll inspire the listener to go and do something awesome today as a result. Awesome. What do you think the number one thing is anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Oh my gosh. Okay. To be focused on your customer. So think about what is the thing that they're missing right now. That's the next thing that you need to do to innovate. Hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. And, and there's lots of examples of that that you've shared with us already. So it's wonderful. Focus on the customer. Okay. And what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? to go outside of my industry. So I have thankfully a lot of other random uh, interests that may or may not be productive. I love watching uh, TV shows. I love Netflix. I love reading like sci-fi. Um, and sometimes I'll get random ideas from that. Like maybe I'll look at a style mm. bloggers uh, post or something and I'll spy this completely random idea for how I want to create something and, and teach a, and a lesson to my audience to go outside and also keeps you fresh and interesting and not saying the same stuff as everyone else too. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, how do you go, how do you connect the dots then? If you, let's say you're watching a sci-fi uh, film, how do you kind of connect the dots back to something that's yeah. relevant to the work you're doing? Yeah. Be open to it. So I would say this comes with practice, but a really great example is I was watching Star Trek, the one with uh, Jean-Luc Picard. And there was this amazing episode where he went back in time, changed one of his decisions, and then it completely changed his life. And I thought, you know what? This is a, such a powerful lesson. It's not about yeah. what skills you have. It's about the decisions you choose or choose to do or not do. I'm going to share about this. And so just like little things like that, just being open and always being open to seeing random relationships. Hmm. Yeah. Love the example. <laughs> All right. Do you have a favorite resource you use most often? Google. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure everyone says yeah. this, but I, I'll say one other thing. I also use Google to find people I want to connect with, right? So I don't just Google for the information, but I take it a step further than that. If I see someone who is sharing something amazing on like a YouTube video or a blog, I don't just read the blog. I will read it. I'll then 
you know, if I appreciate that person, reach out to them. And that, that has led to a lot of really cool connections over the years. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a, a great tip as well to um, actually engage with people. And it's, it's fascinating. I mean, as a podcaster, one of the things that I find quite frustrating, I know I've got lots of listeners, but I don't get a lot of feedback from listeners that say, hey, we listened to your episode with Louisa and, and we loved it and, and tell me something about it. But um, if, if you do that with people that post videos, podcasts, blogs, um, you stand out because there's a gap there. So much. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, now, what's the best way to keep a client on track? <laughs> okay. The way I love this is back to engineering and systems basics have set goals, right? Not just like what's the next goal, always have that, but to really understand what that ultimate big picture goal is. What's that person's motivation? When you can understand that, you can understand how to create a win-win situation for every client. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. Great recommendation. And, and also to come back um, and, and if something's not quite on track to come back to the client and say, well, here's the ultimate goal. How are we moving towards that? Or, or here's what, what motivates you. You can use their motivators to kind of yeah. help them overcome procrastination. Maybe get exactly. on that video if it's <laughs> the video. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. And what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Talk to people. Because, you know, when you're starting out, you don't know, like, it's hard to say, okay, what's my brand? What's my voice? How am I different? Right? So let your natural personality and just who you are speak for yourself. I, for frankly, for years, I didn't know how I was different. It wasn't until people told me different things about the way I, I came across for them through speaking with them that I realized, oh, yeah, that is part of my brand. <laughs> so just talk to people. Yeah, yeah. And be open to the feedback you get. Exactly. Right. That's great. All right. Well, thanks, Louisa. This has been really fabulous. Now, where can people find out more about you, about your um, entrepreneurship? Uh, what is it called? <laughs> the yeah, employee entrepreneur, entrepreneur totally. program. Um, yeah, I had it the wrong way yeah. around. And, and also <laughs> maybe even get in touch to say thank you for what you shared. Yeah, absolutely. So there are two really great places. For anyone who wants to think about starting their own online coaching business, I've got a great PDF workbook on an outline for building and outlining your six-figure business. And you can get that at luisajo.com slash gift. I'm going to spell my name out real fast because it's not spelled how it yeah. sounds. It's uh, L-U-I-S-A-Z as in zebra, H-O-U dot com. So that slash gift. And um, the other place to chat with me, I'm loving right now Instagram. So uh, my Instagram is louisa.joe, again, the same spelling. And if you send me a message, I'm, I try to read all my messages and respond to people um, personally. So send me a message. Uh, and that's a great place to connect right now. Excellent. And we'll we'll post the links in the show notes so people don't have to stop their car to write down the spelling. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have some parting advice for our listener today, Louisa? Uh, I would say whatever, wherever it is that you feel like you're kind of stuck on, wherever you are, and this happens at every level, the easiest thing to get out of your head is to start taking that next step, whatever is easiest. So if you're starting out, right, talking to one person, um, not even worrying about what do I sell? How do I stand out? Talking to one person. Um, if you're scared about launching a new program, 
talking to one potential client, maybe putting out a, a tentative offer, like whatever that next step is, that is going to lead to so much clarity. And sometimes, yes, it might get a little bit messy, but it's going to probably move you forward way faster than overthinking it for months or years or who knows how long and still having it be imperfect because you came up with it in a vacuum. Yeah, yeah, that's great advice. And and I think in terms of any any major project, I mean, I, I find every now and then I do the overwhelm, oh my God, there's so much to do. And, and so nothing gets done. So that um, always taking a step back and saying, well, what's the first thing that needs to happen? And let's just do that. And sometimes it's like a, uh, what do they call those dominoes where you line up the dominoes and you oh, push yes. the next, you only need to you push the push. first one and, and the whole lot all over. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. All right. Well, finally, Louisa, who else should I get on this show and why? Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to recommend my friend, Susie Moore. Um, she is by far, I mean, she's so many things. Uh, she's a, she has some really great books out. She's an amazing speaker, um, life coach, really helping you with confidence and in all areas of your life. Um, and really standing up and, and sharing what you need to share with the world. And she just views things from such a powerful, optimistic way that I've never seen anyone else do. Um, the way that she does. And so I would say her. Okay, great. Well, we'll get an introduction to Susie from you and, and reach out to her, sure. see if we can get her on the show as well. Well, thanks awesome. so much, Louisa, for sharing your time and your insights with us so generously today on the Innova Buzz podcast. I've really enjoyed this. I've made lots of notes, learned a lot of things about taking action, about being focused on your audience who you're serving as opposed to worrying about what's going on for you inside your head <laughs> and also the the idea of just taking that one next step or or giving um, your clients or or community that one thing that can change something small for them in, in the first instance so that they actually get a result yeah mm, oh, i mean this is such an epic conversation so thank you so much and thanks for having me here Thanks. And let's keep in touch. All the best for the future. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that wonderfully informative and engaging conversation with Louisa and took something away from what she shared with us today. I love Louisa's approach with the focus on helping your customers or your audience and getting them results. The recommendations of taking very small actions, keeping it simple and going for the smallest win are something I'll be keeping in mind a lot more. I'm curious to know what you took away from Louise's episode. Tell me in a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Louisa Joe. That is L-U-I-S-A-Z-H-O-U. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Louisa Joe. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Louisa, as well as links to her website, her social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. Now, if you like this episode, please do share it with at least two other people that it might help. Surely there's lots of people there wondering how they might go about starting their own business and don't know where to start. So this is one thing that might help them. 
share it with them, tag me in that share, and I'll reach out to you with a special surprise. Louisa suggested that we have a conversation with speaker, coach, and author Susie Moore on a future InnovaBuzz podcast. So Susie, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast, courtesy of Louisa Joe. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast, where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up, including John Christian Jervet of Blackpoint Standard Consulting and Stefano Mastriagiacomo of the Team Alignment Company. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.